Hi, yes. Welcome back in to the J&J Talk Sports Podcast. We have a very special episode for you listeners today. We're talking exclusively about the NBA playoffs in the Orlando bubble, our analytical analysis, our predictions. We're going to go over some of the NBA season award winners and who we think might win that. And hey, you may even get a live reaction out of Lyle and I if the Knicks end up getting that first overall pick in the lottery because we are doing this during the lottery right now. If you haven't already, make sure you do follow the podcast page on Instagram and Twitter at J&J Talk Sports. And make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the podcast page on Google Play, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes Podcast app. I am one of your three co-hosts, Justin Quarterquote Skywalker Palizzi. You can follow me on Twitter at Palizzi21. That's P-O-L-I-Z-Z-I-21. And joining me this week... Like every other week, one of my two overly large size co-hosts, Lyle Styles. How's it going, buddy? Hey, it's your boy, Lyle Styles. Thank God you dropped that nickname from last time, whatever it was. JB. Mr. Unlimited. Mr. Yeah, whatever nonsense that was. Again, it's your boy, Lyle Style. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, L-Y-L-E-S-S-T-Y-L-E, and Instagram, because I had a 512 on the back end of that. Uh, we're going to talk about some of my favorite things, including uh, Big Daddy Dame. Uh, but before I get into <laughs> that, we're going to introduce Stefano and Nick. How are you today? I'm doing well. I'm glad I was able to actually be able to jump on with you guys. We finally got internet at the house. So I yeah, if you didn't like know, uh, Nick is helping. <laughs> Nick is out in uh, the third Indiana. world. <laughs> or, yeah, the third world, South Bend, <laughs> Indiana. Uh, they don't have internet, running water, or any sort of uh, logical Yo, football sense. But funny, that's another but- guy. <laughs> Funny story, actually, when I first moved into this house, um, I had uh, paid for the utility services, but when I moved in, apparently they, they didn't turn on the water, so I went, <laughs> they were going to make you go all weekend without yeah. water, Jesus. and then the, obviously the toilets weren't flushing, so, <laughs> oh, no. so then I got on the phone with 311, I, oh my god, the shit I gave them. And you went, you went full, full Karen? Yeah, <laughs> I made that. He's like, I don't know, man. I'm gonna get in trouble with my boss. I don't care. I don't care. You're coming over here right now. You're turning on my water. I am not gonna be pooping and peeing in the same toilet bowl the whole weekend and not be able to flush. But long yeah, story that... short, they came and got that done. Well, that's great that South Bend, Indiana, is really picking itself up from its third world bootstraps. Nobody works on the weekends here. It's so frustrating. <laughs> well, anyway, speaking story, of uh, story yeah, for another day. <laughs> working on the weekends. NBA has been working every day, weekends, weekdays, weeknights, during work where we, none of us can get any work down. And we're going to talk about every single series. There could be two that all three of us are going to break down, and then each series will also be broken down by one of us individually. And then we'll all disagree with Nick at the very end of each one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start off with the Bucks Magic, because I think that's one of the better series to analyze a little bit uh, of, of all of our uh, – thoughts and predictions on that it's probably the easiest series let's be honest to predict here and listen granted the magic won game one surprisingly and i think this was like what the first time since 2003 or 2004 it's one of those two seasons that both one seeds actually lost the first game in the playoffs um that year so hasn't happened for 17 16 17 years happened this year with my, uh, the Lakers losing to Dame Dollar, Dame Time, and the Portland Trailblazers, and then the Bucks losing to the Orlando Magic. I wasn't really worried about the loss. I still do think that the Bucks are going to win the series. 
they are currently winning game two. They're probably going to end up closing that game out too. Do you guys agree on that or agree to disagree? I, I'm not really worried about the Bucks in this series. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't sweat it. No. I mean, I, 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 again, Orlando, where the Orlando game is happening right as we speak. And the first half was one of the grossest first halves of shooting I've ever seen. And I know Nick's going to say it's because of the Bucks' defense. And yes, it's because of the their defense, good defense. Their defense yep. has exponentially improved. But not where you're holding your opponent to like 10% shooting the first half. When Evan, Evan Fournier has. But uh, this is something that the wide Magic. Wide open threes. It's, it's not like this is the first time this is against the Magic. They go on droughts all the time. Yeah. And it, again, that's why. And you I, can't if, go to on droughts a team who's arguably one of the best in the league. You have arguably the defensive player of the year on the other team. You have to like, you have to play better. I, I and agree. honestly, that's the why fact I, that they lost, the fact that the Bucks lost game one, I think it's actually better for them. Get I, that I loss agree. out the way early. Get that loss out the way early. They probably end up sweeping the Magic the rest of the way. Go for one advance. Um, I'm not. I, I wouldn't stress this. Yeah, I think all. Orlando shot like what 38 percent from three the first game. They played a very good game. Vucevic went off. He was like yeah, in fadeaways. He was hitting hook shots. Yeah. He, he just, I saw him do a, a a shot off the backboard that I don't even think he looked, and he just like threw it up and it went in. And he's playing well today. It's just yeah, the Bucks are just a better team. Don't get me wrong; their lead is only eight right now. Right, you know, right. Like and look, things could change, and, and things yeah. do change. We'll do a live update, even though yeah. it'll be outdated. I mean, you'll yeah, get a live I'll reaction say, from yeah. us. I also think the Bucks, yeah, they pull it off. They're just a better team watching, more consistent. Watching game one, the only thing it did for me negatively uh, for the in, the in the view of the Bucks is I I can't – I mean, it's, it's going to be hard for them to, I think, to even just make the finals right now, especially with how other teams in the East are playing right now. How bad – I know it's just one game, and they could blow out the, the – the, they're not blowing them out today, obviously, but they could blow them out the next two games that close up the series for one. Game one was such a bad game, and how they played so far in the bubble, had, they've been playing so bad that I just can't pencil the Bucks in as going to the finals anymore. There's some, there's some really, really yeah. interesting Eastern Conference matchups for them, for yeah. sure. Okay. Um, yeah. But, yeah, definitely Bucks over Magic. Threes. Yeah, Bucks over Magic. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Yeah, let's let's break down the the Pacers and Heat series. This is another good series right here. The Heat have been playing really, really good basketball, but the Pacers, on the other hand, Warren has just come out of nowhere. I mean, he's always been a decent NBA player, but he's been their best player in the bubble. Yeah, Oladipo, who's coming back from injury, lying at his legs underneath him, and Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, it's he's he's a player that you can't really forget about. And now he is kind of getting into his groove of things as well. He hit a really big three in the first quarter to give them a lead. And ultimately, Miami goes ahead and wins today. They're up to all in the series. Why, what, what have you been able to see Miami do that basically gave them a 2-0 command? I would say commanding lead because – I would say commanding. I would say commanding because I think yeah. even though the, the, lead, the, the leads, I think, switched like seven times that game. Yeah. I, game know, two, I know Pat was worried about the heat. At no point during today's game was I sitting back thinking the Heat have lost control of this game. Mm-hmm. One thing is they have long wings, they have very good guard play, and they're first and second year player. Look at look at Ty, Tyler Hero. Uh, I think Duncan Robinson is youthful. They have a really youthful, good mix, really youthful. He's, he he's a was rookie, right. He was a but he was no. He's a second year player, second Duncan year Robinson. Player. But he was a he he did amazing today. I think he made yeah. nine three pointers. He made nine three pointers, and he scored the first nine points for the Heat, making all three pointers as well. Yeah, 
like if you if you look at their they have the veteran experience Goran Dragic, Jay Crowder who's been there, Jimmy Butler. Then you have the youth in Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Bam Abadayo, and oh. You know, Olenek also has been there with the Celtics. Andre yeah. Iguodala, Iguodala has as well. titles. Like, you yeah. have MVP. shooting. You have, you have it shooting. Doesn't hurt. You have wing play. Yeah, it doesn't hurt when you have Tyler Harrow and Iguodala coming off the bench. Yeah. Like, that's, and, that's and, beautiful. And it doesn't hurt because at some point the veterans are going to get a little tired. But you have these youthful players, especially with Bam has been a revelation this season. Yeah, he's, he's phenomenal. And, like, I just don't see the Pacers don't have the firepower. And Oladipo yep. is not where Oladipo needs to be health-wise yeah. to make this a series. Yeah, and if you saw game one, what Miami was able to do well was not committing turnovers. They only committed nine all game, which was about three below their their, their league average, the their season average. And then in game two, I was able to catch the first quarter of that. Now, unfortunately, I was working oh, I watched, time. Watched so, you know, you kind of you kind of go on and off with it. And I was in the office, so I was able to watch at least the first quarter. And they committed the they committed seven turnovers in the first quarter, yeah. and I remember one of those plays. and And this is where that leadership and that veteran comes in, and that mindset that he has to win in Jimmy Butler, because I don't know who was the one that passed the ball, but they passed the ball. All the people just jumped the route, like Nick, like a cornerback just jumping the route, yeah. pick six, clear path to the bucket, went to go dunk, and Jimmy Butler just hustling back, ends up getting the block. Now Pacers end up getting the rebound, scoring right away. But that's not the point. The point is, you 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 got those. He they they surrounded Jimmy with the perfect amount of shooting, as well as the perfect amount of veterans on that team. And I just like where Miami is right now. And who knows? They may be sitting at a at a I mean, opportunity to make the. If, uh, conference I want I want to expand on who they surrounded Jimmy with because it was a very interesting press conference where he's just like. Yeah, I can tell people how it is. They can tell yeah, me how it is. I can cuss them out. They can cuss me out. And we know it's just basketball. That's where I'm sitting there like, the good thing is, is Carl Anthony Towns that soft that he couldn't handle Jimmy Butler <laughs> telling him to play better? Like, that's exactly the thing. This is why I, this team is perfect. And this is I feel why like, – sorry. No, I, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I just want to finish with Eric Spolstra. Can we all just give him a round of gosh darn applause for the coaching job? Like he, yes, he had LeBron and Bosch and Wade, but when they left, he kept the Heat competitive and focused, and it's great. Coach Props of the year. Uh, we'll talk about that later. But Nick, what are your thoughts on? No, I was going to say. I mean, one, you could just tell like the difference of where Jimmy Butler was before and now. Like he's he likes where he's at, and he's coaching these. He's basically coaching these young players around them, building them up. And the thing is, like as good of uh like a defensive team that Indiana uh, the Pacers are which they Very normally are. The thing is, you can't really stop the heat because they can all knock down shots. If one guy's slumping, the other guys can easily pick it up. I mean, how can you guard a team when you got Robinson, Dragic, and uh, Butler who can put up 20-plus anytime? You have Crowder, uh, Harrow, who can also put up double digits. Like, the thing is, like, the heat can score. And their physical defense, they can stop And we haven't even mentioned one of their, one of their best players and not their second-best players in BAM. So... I mean, it, they're going to be a problem. And, and they match up well with a lot of the teams in the East. Probably every team in the East they match up very well with. Yeah, their, their physicality is just going to match up well with anybody anyway. So that's, that's something, to look forward to going, uh, something to look for going forward. Yep, yep. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into the Clippers versus Dallas series. Now the series is tied 1-1. Before, before you dive in, I just want to rename the series. It's the LA Clippers versus the Texas Knicks. <laughs> Well, uh, why? Because they have they have three former Knicks in the roster. They have Trey Burke, 
Oh, they have Trey Burke uh, and then they, they have, have Hardaway. Jimmy and Hardaway Jr. Jr. and Kristaps. So we got the Clippers versus the Mavericks, and this <laughs> series is tied 1-1. Now, a lot of people were saying – now, I, I unfortunately went to sleep. I didn't get to watch the ending of the game, uh, of game one. But uh, people were saying how if Porzingis would have never got thrown out game one, they possibly could have won. I don't, I don't necessarily know that for a fact. All I do know is that both Porzingis and Doncic came to play game two, and they were able to win by a thirteen point. Uh, they were able to win by thirteen points at a score of one twenty seven to one fourteen. Now the interesting thing was the Mavericks actually went into the fourth quarter already up by thirteen, so they were able to hold down the Clippers from making any kind of run. Now, a few things for me, Dallas throughout the season was one of the league's best in offensive efficiency. The Clippers were actually second best right behind them. So they were one and two respectively. The Dallas Mavericks have a below average defense efficiency, whereas the Clippers were sixth best in the league. And then when it comes to true shooting and field goal percentage, they're right there neck and neck. Dallas shooting 54.5% from the field and the Clippers shooting 53.5%. So these two teams actually came in a lot closer than what the the standing saying that's the problem with the West. I mean, one through eight, you could flip that up any way you like it. And things are pretty much going to be the same uh, as far as matchups and talent wise and, and, and the level of competition. Some of the key points for me is going to be shutting down the three point shooting on Dallas. Dallas is the second league, a uh, second best team in the league at shooting and making the three points. So they shoot the second most threes and they make the second most threes. Another key thing is going to be grabbing the rebounds. Now, Zubak is not the best center in the world. And, you know, their other big mantras, Harold, they're, they're not the best big men in the world. But, Lyle, we saw Porzingis in person. And as good of a player as he was, sometimes his downfall was that he just didn't rebound enough. And a guy like Porzingis who likes to play outside is not going to grab you 10, 11, 12 plus boards a game. He's going to get you his seven, his eight, maybe nine, maybe pushing those double digits, but that's not his part of his game. They were out rebounding offensively 11 to five, leading to 11 points, 11 points, second chance points off the offensive rebounds. That was a big key for the Clippers success in the, in game one, but the difference between game one and game two to me, it had to have come down to the, the bench scoring. Mar, uh, Marjanovic, uh, plus five. Burke, plus 14. Curry, plus 13. The bench play for both teams are going to play a big factor. And if you look into game two, the fact that the two starters, the two best players, matter of fact, and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George combined for a minus 20, that's that's pretty horrendous. You got Jermichael Green for the, the Clippers coming off the bench, minus, 20, not, uh, minus 21. Montrez Harrell. A potential six men of the year, minus 15, is going to come down to the bench scoring. Five versus five, starter versus starters. I'll take the Clippers in any game series against Dallas. But when you when your bench comes in, I mean, you added Reggie Jackson and and, and you put, put him in a starting lineup and he's not even performing. He was, what, three, uh, four for nine in game two. For me, the, those are the key factors. Clippers have to rebound. You have to limit the three-point shooting for, for Dallas, and Dallas has to make their three-point shots. And you have to limit the 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 scoring on the defense on the bench the bench side of things. You can't have your bench be outscored by Dallas. Now, like Lyle was joking around, you got two bench players. Well, actually, Hardaway starts, but Burke plus two, 
7 for 11 shooting, scored 16 points in game two, which ultimately led to the victory. You got Seth Curry, who's been tremendous in the bubble, 15 points plus 30 in game two. And ultimately, that's what it's going to come down to. I still have the Clippers winning this series. I think based off how Doncic is playing and how he's not the best player in the series, but I think you guys would agree with me. He's the best playmaker in this series. I still got the Clippers winning. I'd, I'd say Clippers winning seven, maybe six, but this looks like it's not going to be an easy series for the Clippers. Yeah, so I was having a discussion with uh, a couple of the homies today, and I sent the message going, playoff Paul George is one of the most mediocre players in the NBA. <laughs> I, I have that written down as a point, and I just didn't feel like bringing it up. I'm glad you did. He then, he then responded Marble. to me. Going, wait, what? Are you crazy? And then he was like, oh, you said playoff Paul George. Oh, yeah. Okay, that's fair. Because he <laughs> has not been – he, he never brings his regular season skill to the playoffs. He's still an above-average player in the playoffs. He's still grabbing double-doubles, 10 rebounds, you know, 10 po- uh, 14 points, 10 rebounds last game. It's not like he's not effective. But you can't, he's not you can't Paul go and George. shoot 25%. That's just ridiculous. he's that. Yeah, exactly. You are Paul George. You were supposed to be You're literally Kawhi an all-star. Leonard. Yeah, superstar. You, you, Kawhi can't do it by himself. It's just it, it, and that's a big thing for me. Another thing is you need to you need to stop Luka Doncic earlier. You can't let him get comfortable. You can't let him have vision. You have to get in his face right away. Again, Tippy Hardaway Jr. Is not a prolific score. There's you really only have to worry about Kristaps Porzingis, who's going to beat you by himself. Everyone else has to have something made for them, and even then, they're not going to be prolific. You have to neutralize Doncic. It's not like it's not like what the Blazers are doing with LeBron, where they're just neutralizing everyone else but LeBron. Doncic will make you pay for that. Even biggest. Biggest difference between for him between game one and game two was the turnovers. He had 13 turnovers in game one and one turnover in game two. If he if he controls well, the ball about, just like that, I mean, the Clippers yeah. are done. They're well, done. If you can't – if Kawhi yeah. or Paul George can't slow him down, the, that series is done. Mavs all day. Yeah, well, the thing about game one is I think he had some jitters. If you watch the first five minutes of that Mavericks game, he was awful. He was out of his depth. And then, then he went out. He had gotten – Injury. He went out. I think he went to go cry a little bit because of how badly he played. He came out <laughs> slinging, shooting. But yeah, again, I I still think the Clippers are equipped to win this series. I think they're still a better team. I think the Mavericks are just a little too young, a little too raw, missing one or two more pieces. I again, I think Clippers in six. But this is gonna be a fun series to watch. Yeah, I agree. Um, but let's move on to. Another matchup I don't think is even going to be close. Yeah. Um, the Raptors, the Raptors and the Nets. I mean, this isn't even worth talking about to be honest. Um, the Raptors, as we all know, defending champs minus Kawhi Leonard. Um, again, great defensive team. Uh, if you want, if you look at this, I mean, just based on looking at the starting lineups, the the Nets are coming into the playoffs with like half their lineup not even available. Oh yeah, Joe Harris uh, is also out of BD Dubs. Yeah, so, I mean, normally, like, the starting lineup looks like this. Garrett Temple, uh, Cabaret, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, Jared Allen. And then off the bench, you have Tyler Johnson, Shoza, Kirks. That's it. Like, that's all they have. 
Wait, who were the last two you named? Choza and Kurix. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. I know Beasley signed with them to play in the bubble, but I think he got tested positive. Like, you have DeAndre Jordan not playing. Irving not playing. Obviously, Durant's not there. He hasn't been there all year. Uh, Terrence Prince uh, was supposed to play, uh, not not playing. In Whittle, so you have sure, or out? Oh no! Oh, yeah, yeah. He, te- he had two positive tests for coronavirus. Uh, he's not even. He didn't even go to the bubble. Got it. So like you're missing your t- your scorers, and now you're going up against a championship level team, minus Kawhi Leonard. But still, the it's like an engine that keeps rolling. Like this team meshes so well together. The defense that they play. Uh, just name them. You have Fred Van Fleet, uh, Kyle Lowry, Siakam, Ananobi, and Gasol. And then off the bench, you have Norman Powell and Serge Ibaka. Like, just off the like not the best player on the Nets wouldn't even be top seven on the Raptors. Matchup? I, I think it's a little rude to Karis LeVert, but continue. I, I mean, but you have to understand, like, they, they, they don't match up well at all. I mean, the only player you can make an argument for is Jared Allen. Jared Allen's, I think, pretty good player. Uh, matchup between Gasol and Serge Ibaka. He, he's a little bit – has too much on his plate as far as, like, Serge Ibaka. But – Every other matchup, Fred Van Fleet's just going off. Like this guy, just from the playoffs last year into into playoffs this year, he's been on another level. Playing very good basketball, Honestly, I definitely agree with that. Yeah, I don't see the Nets winning another game at all. It's it's just there's just nothing here to talk about. The I only mean, thing I would add, uh, and Lyle, I'll let you get to your point right after. The only thing yeah. I would add is if the Nets were going to make this a series, it would have been Game Two when they actually played very very well. That's the only case I can make. I think that the Nets gave it their all that game against Portland. And the fact that they came up one inch from a missed shot on Karis LeVert to send Portland home. And we would have been having a whole other conversation with the Lakers in Portland. I think they gave it their all. That was that was their playoff game. That was their championship game. Because there's no way they win the series. And I think game two was their only chance to win a game in the series. I think they guessed what. Yeah, I, agree. I, I... I don't think they, they take a shot, but I think we should stop disrespecting Karis LeVert. He has shown <laughs> that he is a true, pure scorer. Yeah, five, honestly, five, of tw- I, 5 of 22 over 4 and 3 is pure, pure scorer. Listen, listen. You want to look at one game? I'm talking about his body of work, which he showed up, which he showed that he is he's going to be a dangerous man. You're going to see and listen, him competing uh, for a scoring title. Not in, the play, not in the playoffs. Apparently, and apparently him and Kyrie won't be able to play together. Hey, if they don't want him, send him across town. We'll take him across the Hudson. Well, Alex, you can have Kevin Knox. We'll take we'll take Karras. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? Knox will probably be a better fit on their team and what they're asking. You know what? That's a whole other conversation. A whole other conversation. Um, <laughs> that's a whole other story. Not to knock Knox, but. <laughs> I will a, take Karras the bird. But speaking of. A series that I am very interested in because I have a dog in this fight. Go ahead, Lyle. Yeah, so I'm going to talk about the series. I also have a a very small dog, but I will look at it as uh, unbiasedly as possible. Nuggets and Jazz. This is probably going to be in the top two most exciting series that we are going to see, and it has not disappointed. Uh, A lack of Michael Conley for the first two games – Game one went to the Nuggets at the OT, where Jamal Murray and Donovan Mitchell, who the Knicks decided not to draft, um, showed up. Donovan Mitchell, I think, scored the most playoff points by someone younger than 23 since Jordan. And then game, Mitchell's playing some big boy ball, yeah. though. And then game two, um, the Utah Jazz, third, second and third quarter, just 
blew the nuggets out of the water. Nuggets could not recover. Here's the thing. I This is a tough series for me to call. I Again, I'm calling the Nuggets simply because I just think they have better play. I think they have more depth. Even, more without, depth, yeah. even without Will Barton, who's – I think he's done. He's not coming back. And Gary Harris is out for now, but there's been some reports that he's coming back. I just think the Nuggets just have way too much. And as much as people love some Rudy Gobert, no one can no one can guard the Joker because he's just so versatile. I don't believe we see the Donovan Mitchell we've seen these two games when Mike Connolly comes back. Donovan Mitchell with the ball constantly is just a completely different animal than when he's being that secondary, when he's not the initial ball handler. I think we see a different game. I think the game kind of morphs to a – you know, to the Jazz is negative, even though they see Conley as a positive, which he's an excellent player. I think the way they played both games with Donovan Mitchell being the primary, not having another guard who's going to eat up usage, is the best way to attack the Nuggets. And they, they've shown that. I, I think another key for this matchup is my man Hotline Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. Because those two need to continue to show up like they did um, on game two. If Clarkson's putting up in the 20s consistently, you know, that's just another shooter that the Jazz are going to have to play off of. And that's going to open up the lanes for Donovan Mitchell to go and do redonkulous dunks. On the Nuggets side, again, it comes down to the two-man play of Joker and Murray. I think, you know, it, it's, it's all about them, too. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of other great players. Michael Porter Jr. put up 28 points. Well, some I respect on his name. I, I was getting there. I was getting, don't, don't get He's been that best okay. player in the bubble. Michael Porter Jr. put 28 points. But if you see as Murray goes, the Nuggets go. Game one, Murray showed up. Murray put up 36 points in 40 minutes, nine assists, five rebounds. In game two, 30 minutes, 14 points. As Murray assists goes, as well. And four assists. As Murray goes, the Nuggets go. So Murray yeah. really yep. has to – he has to shoot better. He has to play better. Because what you can't trust as much as I would put respect on Michael Porter's name because he has played well. He's not the guy. He is not the franchise guy. He's not the guy who you're going to put the ball in the hands of on the final shot. It's Jamal Murray, and he needs to step up. And right. That, and that is their case. And it may get to a point where Michael Porter Jr. becomes that guy because he's already showing that he has that kind of swag to him. For me, Lod, where I disagree with – the only thing I would disagree with you on, on what point I would say is I'd be worried as far as the, the production that the Jazz got from their bench because outside of Jordan Clarkson – they didn't get much else. And, yeah, they won the game by 19 yeah. points. And, yeah, maybe the 26 that Jordan Clarkson put up makes a difference. But Jordan Clarkson has never been, and I don't think he ever will be, that player that he comes off the bench and is your sixth man. And he's going to score 18-plus a game. He got you 26 this game. I wouldn't expect this again until maybe game six or game seven. And, hey, That's if he does it a game in game seven, that may be the difference. But – for me, for me, it's it's. I don't see the benches are, are pretty even. I would say, even though I know uh, the Nuggets are having some injuries, and the fact that Conley is not playing that that forces Royce O'Neal and or maybe Inglis into the uh, starting lineup, and then that would have made the Jazz's bench a little bit more deep as well. But both teams are benches are suffering. I don't think both of them have 
benches deep enough to make a deep run into the playoffs. And ultimately, it's going to come down to the starters for the Nuggets because I don't see anybody. And you can look at their bench. You have Plumlee, Grant, Cook. I don't know who Bates Diop is. We know Bobo, of course, but he's not really getting much run. And then you got uh, Morris, who is a – basically, he just comes in, he shoots 10 times in a game, kind of like a J.R. Smith type player. No, but and that's why that's why I said for Utah it's important that their bench gets going. That their bench, think, correct. And that's and yeah, that's what I, was I don't I don't at. think I think it depends again, that's why I said the Nuggets, it's Jamal Murray's game. It's Jamal Murray's show. Yep. yep. He goes if he plays well, and I'm not talking about thirty points, I'm talking about twelve or six. Playmaker. I'm he needs to be a playmaker. He, I'm you talking can't, about opening it up. Yeah. Him and, you, yeah. You can't shoot thirty percent, score fourteen points, and only have four assists on top of that. You know what I mean? Like either either he, if you're gonna give, if you're gonna lose some, give it somewhere else, and you can't have that bad of a game, especially when you like someone like Jamal Murray, where you have pretty much the ball in your hands for the whole game, you know. So, yeah, Nick, any last final thoughts on the Jazz versus Nuggets series? I still got the Nuggets winning this series, and I think they win like six. Same. I have Nuggets to say. Oh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, just the only thing I could add possibly is they just gotta play a little bit better defense. Um, yeah. you having you having like players on the, the Jazz who don't normally score this much or as mm-hmm. much having games. So, I mean, that's really all I can add. All right, cool. Sounds good. All right, I'm going to go ahead and dive into this next series here. we got the Celtics versus the 76ers now had Ben Simmons been healthy. Maybe this would have been a different series. I'm going to go out on a limb here and just say the Celtics have been playing so well. They're five and three in the bubble. They've played so well the past two games. Jason Tatum I mean the the guy that I mean the guy the kid is he has been playing amazing and it's baffling to know that he was passed up on I I forgot where he was drafted what fifth or sixth in the NBA draft the year that he was drafted the Lakers drafted Lonzo Ball in front of him and thinking about that now is just so crazy I mean obviously in hindsight it's different at the time you know maybe Lonzo Ball was the guy to get but. You just see the way he's playing, and he, he he plays so mature. I don't know if you guys if you guys like seeing his game. Like, yeah, he's young, and yeah, like he can go, he, he kind of has like a mob of mentality to him. Like he'll go over over twenty, and still still go to his spot and take his shot. And he's been just playing so well, scored thirty plus points both games. For me, there's two big things that the Celtics have to do. And 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 when I say well, I was going on a limb here is. I think the Celtics are sweeping. I don't think there's anything that yep. the Sixers could do to even get a game. Embiid is doing everything that he can. Back-to-back double-doubles. He's blocking. He's shooting, I think, above 50% from the field. Scored 30-plus both games. Grabbed double-digit rebounds both games. There's no one else on this team, though. There's no one else on this team. Horford, who I thought was a big loss for the Celtics, was he's not even doing anything from Tobias Harris. I think scored like 13 this game. That's one of my key points right there. My key point is let Tobias Harris beat you. I mean, I'm, I'm a fan of his game. Nick, we've, we watched him play here in New York when he was out here. Playing. Yeah. When he was out here playing, I mean, he, he, he's a, he's a good NBA player. It's not great. Let him beat you. And B's going to get his. There's not much that you can do about that. Daniel Thies and Ennis Cantor are not going to be able to guard and beat. Just let Harris take a shot. Let Embiid do his thing. Don't let any of the other guys uh, beat him, uh, beat you. The guards for the Celtics are way better between Brown, Tatum. You got Kemba, of course, and then you got Marcus Smart coming off the bench. 
the guard play for the Celtics is so much better than what the guard play right now for the 76ers. There's not much else for me to break down at this point because I think without Ben, and, and it's crazy to even think it, but without Ben Simmons, and I say crazy because a lot of people don't put respect on Ben Simmons' game, and I think he's actually one of the better defenders in the league, and he's actually one of the better penetrators in the league. I think with the guard play and Embiid, Embiid and the rest of that 76 team is not is not going to be enough. And there's no way in hell I think that this game even goes past five if the 76ers even get a game. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they, they did the right thing last year, um, moving, moving with Kemba instead of uh, Kyrie Irving. And it's kind of hard to defend this team because you have three players, their three top players are averaging over 20 points a game. I mean, how, how can you possibly stop them? Then you have the injuries to the to the 76ers. All they really have, like you said, is Joel Embiid and a, a good player in Tobias Harris who just isn't really producing the, the numbers that they need. Um, the defense that the Celtics play and the amount of scoring that's there, just I don't see. I mean, even if the Sixers do win a game, it's a game. You know, like it's just, it's, that's all it's going to be. Yeah, the series is over. Speaking of things that are over, the lottery is currently happening right now. The Knicks are getting the eighth pick because – because God hates, yeah, God hates oh Dolan, and and uh, don't get me wrong, we were only seven or eight percent, but God Guys, hates Dolan, not even top four. I introduced you to Lyle goes wild, like, like live live edition. Yeah, live live edition. Eighth, don't get me wrong, we're gonna draft like Paul Paul Sandoval from like <laughs> the the Dominican Republic of of Croatia, a country that doesn't even exist. And we're going to mess that up, or we're going to draft some generational talent who are going to literally run out of town while he gets beaten up at bars because he doesn't know how to hold a clicker <laughs> or shoot girl. Like, another year of the Odyssey, trade the pick, trade next year's pick, get Devin Booker, because we'll still suck. We'll still suck extremely. I would definitely trade this year's pick because this jackass is not deep. Yeah, don't give me a trade this pick, trade next year's pick, get Devin Booker, because we'll still suck, but at least we'll have some of this entertaining. Like, get him off the Suns. According to ESPN, this is the weakest draft in the last 20 years. So just take that with a grain of salt. Obviously, there's going to be one or two or three players. There's always that one random player that comes out of the draft and just a star, a la Donovan the worst Mitchell, thing is, we were just talking about. There was so. no, no March uh, NCAA tournament. That's the worst part. Yep. So it's like you can't really see these kids in crunch time. Yeah, there's like, like players that you, that you wouldn't see stuff. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, so I, you know what? The NBA is rigged. Everyone says, oh, Ewing was rigged. No, if that was rigged, we would have gotten the first-round pick more than Cleveland has. Cleveland's got like 35 first-round picks in the last 12 years or two years. I don't even care. They've wasted almost every single one of them outside of LeBron and Kyrie. Who, who else? <laughs> what, Andrew Wiggins? That really turned out. I can't even Lyle, we'll get back. We'll, we'll get back to the left. Well, continue, continue to give us the updates of the lottery. You just and give us your picks. Celtics and 76ers. <laughs> Sorry, um, Celtics and 76ers is obviously uh, Celtics. What Tobias Harris had like half a point last game. Like, come on, you're you are you are. <laughs> yeah, the Baker's dozen. Yeah, who 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 who's, who's gonna win the game? Who's gonna win the game? I mean, the series and and, Celtics, and how many games? Celtics. Celtics in four. Yeah, Bead's gonna put up like thirty points, but the rest of the team's gonna put up half a half a like a half a deuce. Got it. Um, got it. Yeah, whatever. Moving on. I want to move on to this next series, Nick. Talk to me about this next series, which is the most boring series of all goddamn time. I'm so heated right now. You think that's the most boring series? I, I could name you some worse ones, but yeah, let's move into the Rockets OKC, which going into the playoffs, I thought this was going to be an interesting matchup, but again, a Westbrookless Rockets, and they're still finding a way to practically dominate OKC. 
Um, Hard is just go- going off. I mean, he's just showing why he's one of the best players in the NBA. This is, See, it's an interesting matchup just because – I mean, it's an interesting, interesting matchup in general just because the Rockets, they decided to play the small ball. They got rid of Clint Capella, and they're, they're, they're throwing small players – forwards as centers. I think they're moving forward with P.J. Tucker and uh, House Jr. It's just like – it's just – or Covington, excuse me. Um, I thought that this would be a more – a series I actually could have went OKC's way, play a little slower. Um, you have Stephen Adams playing in the inside, dominating, or just dominating through him. OKC could play a little bit of bully ball, but it's just not there. And again, they're playing without Westbrook, and you have uh, James Harden, four, uh, 37 points. You have the bench of the Rockets putting up around 40 points. It's, it, it's, it's an interesting series just because I didn't think that the Rockets would win. I didn't think they would, go, they would take the lead 2-0. I mean, I don't know how you, how you guys thought about that. but yeah, here's, here's, the, here's the thing with the OKC. I mean, they're they're a solid team, but who on that team do you sit back and go, oh, my God, they can take over a game? Chris Paul is well beyond taking over a game age. He showed that with yeah. the Rockets. Don't you dare yeah. disrespect yeah. Daniela Garinari like that. Yeah, are you just <laughs> trying to rile me up? Because you all know how I feel about Italiano. Daniela me, I mean, he's a, guy, he's a guy that could drop 20. Yeah, he's a guy that can, you know, drop defensive assignments. He's the guy that's actually one of the most overrated sacks of nothing to ever enter well, the NBA. Want to hear something funny uh, before you continue? Yeah, want to hear something funny? You know what this team is missing? The OKC is missing? Doing? A superstar like Russell Westbrook. No, no way. Well, again, to be fair to OKC. Look how they're built right now. To be fair to OKC, they didn't even think uh. they'd make the playoffs. They were building for the future. They have, like, what, 500 picks the next two drafts? Their whole goal was to build for the future. They didn't even care if they made the playoffs. It's great that they did. So, again, this is not a team I expected to go far because they've got a youthful core. they got to get 5,000 draft picks. So, again, I expect the Rockets to win. They have shooting. I mean, and the thing is, it's, it's, it's all shooting. Like, they're shooting, what is it, like 93s a game? How many shooting? They, they, just, they just broke. Remember the, the series that they lost to against the Warriors when they were up the series and they shot, like, 55 threes? They just yesterday. Uh, yeah, they broke. That. They broke that record. I mean, today they broke that record. Fifty-eight threes they shot today. So today they shot the most three. Fifty-eight threes in one game. I mean, how many how many shots do you get in a game? You get a hundred possessions average per game. If you're the True Rockets, up. probably a hundred five. So you probably between free throws and and turnovers, you're shooting the ball eighty times a game. You shot fifty-eight threes. And the thing is, like, another so thing boring. to add. Another thing to add. Is the Rockets out uh, offensive rebound the Thunder. Like, if you're going to get out-rebounded in the paint, uh, they didn't out-rebound the game, but you're not turning the, you're not, you're not turning the ball over. You're not playing through your big man. You, Steven Adams needs to score more and take, just take over a little bit more. Um, field goal is like three points. If, you, if a team is shooting 56 times from the three-point line and not making more than 34 or so percent, they shouldn't win the game is my point. But The thing is, the Rockets shoot so many threes that if they shoot 20%, they're still making more threes than the other team. So, it's, I mean, it's, so I get the Rockets are going to win, but it's the most boring basketball I've ever watched in my life. It yeah. hurt to watch the game. I was looking for literally anything else to do, including just poke my own eyeball. My heart, my heart says OKC and uh, Rockets in six. I think it's Rockets at five. And the reason why I say it in my heart because I, if Billy Donovan is not top three in votes for Coach of the Year, then the NBA is out to get him because what he was. First of all, did any of you guys predict OKC to make the playoffs? 
I didn't. Mm. I know for a fact I didn't. Not with Chris Paul, not with Shaky Alexander, not with Danilo Garanari playing half the season because he's always hurt. I for sure didn't. Did not. They they proved everybody wrong. They played a great year, great defensively, good offensively. Chris Paul, he just had something that fire in him this year with what with how the Rockets treated him and how the league treated him. So my heart says OKC pushes it to a game six, but Rockets still win. I, I think Rock is winning five, though. I think OKC gets a so, game. We have some draft lottery results coming in. The number one pick goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves. The number, just... the number two pick goes to the Golden State Warriors because you know what they needed? One of the, th- one of the three players that can actually play in this draft. Are you joking? Is this a joke? They'll trade that pick. Is this a joke? They don't need to. They don't need to. Um, yes, yeah, so number one, Minnesota. Again, number trade two. Trade, is, the, trade the pick to Minnesota and get a Carl Anthony Towns. And let number two, Golden State. Um, sorry, looking number three, I believe, is number three, Charlotte. And then number four is Chicago, I believe. And number so, four is Chicago. There's uh, the top four. So where's After Cleveland? That, is five? Runs, Cleveland is five, Atlanta six, Detroit seven, Knicks eight. So three teams who had worse odds than us finished ahead of us, which is typical because we would – see, I don't know. I'm getting kind of tired of the whole lottery thing. I don't know how you guys feel. I know we're getting a little bit off track here. But why can't it just be like the NFL? Like, I just don't understand. The worst team gets the best pick. Uh, the, the lottery – all the, all, the, all the lottery does is cause more teams to, to tink. That's all it does. Because you just have to not make the playoffs and you get a chance at that first pick. I mean, the year that the Knicks got Ewing and we got the first pick, like, what were we? We were like the sixth worst, seventh worst team. Cleveland seems to get the first pick every year and they're like the third or fourth worst pick. The lottery gives a chance to those, to the 14th worst team in the league to get that first pick. And I, I just don't like that. I think you should just do it worst record to the best. I mean, it's garbage. What, what it's, else it's you, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. It's rigged against the Knicks. They're trying to get Dolan out, but Dolan will keep breaking the money, so none of this matters. Speaking of things that don't matter. Ooh, let's break down this series. and the Things big... that do matter. As people who listen to this podcast know, I am a huge Anthony Davis fan, but even more so, I'm a big Daddy Dame fan. Dame Whoa. time, Damian Lillard, whatever you want to call him, whatever nickname you want to call him. I wanted him to be MVP last year. We, we all know how I feel about Damian Lillard. So Damian Lillard rolls up to this bubble and goes, I will only play if we got a chance. And they had a chance. They were a couple games down. They had a chance. And, of course, Dame does date what Dame does and show up. And they held on by here. They shouldn't even be in this position. LaVert should have made that shot. Hey, a win's a win's a win. As the great wise man Dominic Thredo once said, <laughs> it I doesn't knew. matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Never forget that. Winning's Never winning. Never forget that. But as I was saying, before I was rudely interrupted, they are in the playoffs. And this is not a typical eight seed. And that's because during the regular season, they were bereft by injuries. Nurkic was out. Collins was out. Whiteside, very uneven play. McCollum has the broken back. But they have come here outside of McCollum, extraordinarily healthy. Nurkic is looking Nurkic-like. Whiteside is blocking shots left and right. Lillard's doing Lillard things, and McCollum is hitting, you know, some timely, timely shots. But let's talk about the one man that every Knicks fan can appreciate. And he's doing this all day at the most important times. 
skinny mellow, bubble mellow, hoodie mellow, Olympic mellow. Let's put some respect on the 15th best scorer in the history of the NBA, Carmelo Anthony, hitting clutch shot after clutch shot after clutch shot, playing defense, playing as hard as he did when he was a nugget, going up against one-on-one with Kobe. The man is willing himself to come up in these positions. Now, we're talking about this series. I do not believe that the Lakers win this series. I believe the Warriors win this in seven. To knock LeBron The Warriors, out. whoa, I didn't yeah, know the Warriors won. Warriors. You're Sorry. right, Lyle. It's the first time no, I agree with you, the Warriors hold on, hold on, hold on. The reason why I said Warriors is because of that whole dumb thing with um, Max Kellerman and Steph Curry and Dave Lillard. We're not going to get into that, but Max Kellerman's the worst. Sorry, the Blazers knocked LeBron out for the first time in his career in the first round in seven. You're like, Lyle, that's crazy. Why well, that's crazy. It is crazy because if the Lakers get knocked out, it's not going to be in seven. If it goes to seven, LeBron's not losing. I think it goes to seven. I think it's going to go to seven because I don't believe that the Lakers shoot 13% from three-point land again. But I also oh. don't believe that – I don't believe that they get good shooting, period. You okay. have – looking at the sum of these Yeah, they need teams, a better supporting cast. Looking at the sum of this team, Anthony Davis is going to eat. LeBron is going to eat. But when LeBron plays passive like he did last night, this is what's going to happen. He had. I mean, like, Anthony Davis needs to have a better game. No, no, I, I'm not putting this on AD. AD, the, AD does no. Like, no. He had a terrible, terrible first half. Let me finish. LeBron had the quietest triple double ever. No. It was weak rebounds. Yeah, he had some good assists, but he never attacked the basket. When you have Gary Trent, Jr. he did all the first half. He, he had maybe three drives. I watched. The entire game, and I was like, you "Clearly I didn't," because like that. that whole second quarter, he had like five. There was three possessions in a row where he had three back-to-back-to-back assists. You have from Gary driving Tr- to the basket, yeah. and that was right when I texted the chat too, Nick. Yeah, he okay. Don't he bring drove, me to this. He, he <laughs> drove and he kicked. He drove here. You right. Gary Gary Trent Jr. is guarding you. You are LeBron, goddamn James. And that's exactly that, who was guarding it, him when he did that. You take it to the hole. You put the points on yourself. Danny Green can't shoot. You're not even putting Kuzma on the floor with you. You Bro, are the scorer. You no, should be putting up 50. No. I'm sorry. You can't trust How? Name me a freaking player. Name me a, name me, yeah, LeBron James at 38 years old. Name me a player who can get you 23, 17, and 16 and put you put up 50. When you have Anthony Davis and other players. You lost by seven because nobody on your bench could make a three. That's pretty no much why they lost. Contavious, no Contavious one on trash, team, trash well Pope went 0 for 9. No one on your team. When you see your entire team is struggling and you're LeBron James, you take you it get to the 16 assists. You no. When you're the greatest, the greatest player in the world, you you somehow get your players to score. He had 16 goddamn assists. With Danny Green what going this guy 12. Do? Pope went when 0 for you, 9. Were... AD went 8 for 24. Kuzma went 5 for. Yeah, first of all, terrible, Kuzma had a terrible, had a terrible first game. half. Kuzma had a terrible game. I don't think they ever shoot like that again. I think, I think, I think that AD was, a, was like one one for eight to start the game or something like that, like two for nine. He, yeah, he had some like terrible numbers. When you are LeBron He couldn't make a James, bucket under the hoop. When you he was are, getting offensive right, rebounds. We, 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 need to cl- we need to close this one out. Well, I'm going to ask you a question. When you are yeah. – <laughs> how, many, how many minutes did you play in game one? Who is your daddy? <laughs> what does he do? Huh? How many I'm minutes did you play? Uh, yeah. I, mean, I played. You played zero uh, minutes, right? Because you're not a professional. You're not a professional basketball player. Kawa Pope um, played 29 more minutes than all of us. Yeah, he only scored one more point than all of us. 
I would have made. I would have made more buck. I Lyle, more if I told you, Lyle, if I told you, you could shoot the ball five times from the three point range and nine uh, and four more times anywhere else on the court. Okay. Not only that, get, but you I also get, get two free throw shots. How many points do you think you score, Lyle? With LeBron James passing uh, the ball, which you know it, some of those shots are open. Oh, six points. Okay. To six me, points. honestly, you give me five, three, five open three pointers, I'm making at least one. I'm, I'm good not, for I'm one. I'm and that means sure. I'm scoring more points. I'm scoring more points than Kyle Pope. Yeah, the supporting sure. cast has to help LeBron. You can't be a shooter that plays with LeBron, and you can't be a team that's built around LeBron because teams that are built around LeBron are supposed to be shooters and shoot as terrible. Those back-to-back possessions that the Lakers, Kuzma and, and Danny Green, hit the side of the backboard. Are you kidding me? This is this, but this is my problem. Not having uh, Avery Bradley is going to hurt them a little bit. Yeah, yep. not having Avery Bradley is going to hurt them. Yes, but here, this is my big, big problem. You are LeBron James and Anthony Davis. I'll throw Anthony Davis into this. You now. have to throw him in there because yeah, so like five more points. Yeah, let, let me. Throw and have him in fifteen there. less assists. You are LeBron James and Anthony <laughs> Davis. You are watching your team put up brick after brick after brick. You have to score. That's it. When you watch them put up, go for over 50 in the first half, you have to score. No more passing. You will the ball into the hoop. I don't care if LeBron James is 35. He's a physical freak. He is stronger than Gary Trent Jr. He could waste skinny mellow. The only person he used to worry about is Nurkic, who was on five fouls half the game. Like, you attack these players. What he did most of that game, I'm sorry, was passive. AD, AD, he had a bad night. There's, There's no excuse for it. But when I'm you still- when you play when you play five feet from the basket and you shoot thirty yeah, percent, yeah, you had a bad night. Yeah, well, the entire Lakers team had a bad shooting night. But when when if you're if I'm LeBron James and I know what I can do and I know who's guarding me, I attack. And he just did not attack enough. That's just my opinion. You can say all you will, but Blazers at seven. He had Damian Lillard assists. Yeah, sixteen. He shouldn't have passed it that many times. All right, you got Blazers. You got Blazers in seven. When you're watching your team. Brick you know, after brick after no, brick. you know what you want. You know what I want. I want. I want somebody to do the math. We're obviously not going to do it in this episode, but I want somebody to do the math. I want how many points did those sixteen assists account for? Plus the twenty-three. I want to know how many points of that was was what? What did they have? Ninety-two total, something like ninety-two total points. I want to know how many of those points LeBron accounted for. You can tell me he didn't do enough. Come on, bro. I'm telling you, he should have attacked. When he saw his players missing shot for shot, especially Danny Green, never give him the ball again. And KCP should again, as Justin said, should never be on an NBA court again. Put in, put in some guy from Rucker Park and let's see how he does. Probably better. <laughs> it, it's honestly, if I'm a Laker fan, I'm absolutely disgusted. Not with LeBron, mind you. I'm being, I am being overly critical of LeBron. But you want to talk about someone who's in the greatest players of all time category? That's the criticism you're gonna get, but yeah, I'm, I'm, if I'm a Laker fan, I'm trashing Danny Green. Lakers in six. Right. The record, the record for assists in a playoff game is held by it's a tie. John Stockton and Magic, and John Stockton and Magic Johnson. I got a little tongue twister there, and that is 24. There is no reason why LeBron shouldn't have broke that that record that game. They missed way too many shots. From I got the Lakers. Agreed. Does it say? I got the Lakers. the Lakers winning the series. Let's move on. Did it say how many points that those uh, those two players scored when these when they dropped twenty four says? I'm I'm sure I'll have that for next for for, for next time. Man. Uh, I'm, I'm, sure, cause I, I'm sure because in Lyle's standard, they just scored fifty. <laughs> they scored fifty as well. It wasn't enough. Well, if your team is hitting shots, you don't need to score. Who, who, who do you guys have in the finals? And um, I mean, we're, we're gonna the NBA is gonna, the playoffs are gonna last until October, so we're definitely gonna talk about this again. Prematurely, after the first 
I guess you would say two games for each team. The last set of the second game is going to be tonight between Portland and the Lakers. If you're hearing this and you hear me and Nick talking crap to lot saying that the Lakers are going to easily win the series, we could easily shoot ourselves in the mouth right now. The Lakers go down. I wouldn't, be, so, I wouldn't be surprised the Lakers go <laughs> win this in five. Um, but anyways, uh, I'll go first. I'm, I'm still sticking with my preseason prediction, which was Lakers versus the Bucks. Um, even though I'm, I don't, I'm not confident in that at all. Um, so if I had to, if I had to pivot, if I had to pivot, it will only be in the East. And right now, I, I think it's going to come down to the Celtics and, and the Heat coming out the East. But I still, I'll still stick with the Lakers. I'm on jumping ship just because they lost one game to a hot Portland team. Yeah, I mean the Lakers got two of the best players in the world. Um, I'm still going to ride the Lakers from the West. The East might get a little interesting. I mean, this is one of the better Eastern. Uh, I mean, other than the Sixers, Sixers kind of like digressing from last year, but um, I. I don't know because I, I want to. I think it's either going to be uh, a team from the uh, the Celtics or the Heat. I, I agree with you there. I just don't know who I'm going to ride with, but I'm kind of liking the way the Heat are playing. So I, I, might, I might go with the Heat Lakers in the finals. All right. Well, just a little disclaimer. I have a I have a bet with a friend. Uh, it's a I think it's twelve to one odds. Um, so I have the Nuggets or Portland winning the entire thing. I think he has the field. If I if I lose, I have to give him five dollars. If he loses. I get a bottle of Johnny Walker Gold or equivalent, which is about eighty bucks, ninety bucks. Yeah, I get on that tequila life, my man. So we'll, we'll get there. You know, New Orleans is only uh, only a few <laughs> away. But mm. my prediction, along with that, and I'm gonna say it, I'm riding the me and Charles Barkley are brethren for once. Portland Trailblazers oh, Lord. versus the Toronto Raptors. Oh, wow. Mark it down. And I'm gonna mark it down because you're not you're gonna be wrong on both ends. So right. and then and then Be come sure. October when you guys are like, oh well I have this all the time I get to go nah son only Lyle had the vision nah the, son. the, the ball and and, and just and just just to be transparent I can see Portland making it they have to get out past this series because every other team in the West right now looks vulnerable but I I, I just I I have the Lakers I, so I can't I can't double yeah, down it's okay right you there. know what? you 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 stay you stay on that all right. you know. Let's do some NBA award predictions for a league MVP. Uh, I got Giannis. I know he has struggled in the bubble, but I can't let that affect how I, I viewed what he was able to do for the Bucks this year, making them the best team in the NBA. And I know he plays in the East, but what he was, he transitioned his game a little bit. He started making some three pointers, maybe a little bit more of a, of a mid range but I, I think that I think that people don't appreciate too much about Giannis. And, yes, he has the size to do this as well as the speed. But he played tremendous defense this year. And I think that's a step that that whole team was able to take to another level, being rated the best defensive team in the NBA this year. And I think that had a lot to do with Giannis. So, for MVP, I got Giannis. Yeah, um, I agree. I think Giannis is going to win. I think uh, the only the person who's not going to win but definitely should be considered but won't be because of – Certain reasons. Uh, I think Luka Doncic should be in. So, so you two. think you think Giannis is going to win him? Is that? Who? That's not who I think deserves it. I think Doncic. Right. That's how I answer. Who you think deserves it? Okay. I still I think say, I still I still think Giannis deserves it. Yeah, I think it's very close, but I think Doncic would deserve it a little bit more over Giannis. But again, Giannis that's is right. not a bad that's thing. Right, yeah. Giannis is going to win it. I'll just. I mean, I, I was kind of on the fence with this. Um, I think Giannis is going to win another award that I, we're going to end up mentioning in a little bit. Um, I think maybe Harden can win it. They changed up their style of ball. Uh, James Harden has honestly excelled um, the second half of the season when they decided to go small ball. 
these last two playoff games, I mean, I know it's not really something that should be considered, but um, he's played. This a was the second half of the season, so technically. Yeah. I um, mean, he's he's just progressed and played a lot better since they started going small ball. They they've relied on him more, and he showed up. I think James Harden can make a play for it. It's, again, it's, I I, I kind of want to go Giannis as well, but I'll play a little uh, devil's advocate here and just throw in another name in the, in the ring in James Harden. For rookie of the year, I'm not gonna ask who we think is gonna win because I think it's a landslide. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be Ja. Did Zion do enough to get some votes to kind of kick out some of the other guys for I that think, second spot? I, honestly, I thought there was a point where he could have actually been the rookie of the year. I think he needed to make the playoffs. No, I think I think, I think, I think COVID playoffs, should not have happened. If COVID didn't happen, I think then we'd be talking about this. I, yeah, he, he was running away with he was running away with the league. Like he was he took the lead by storm when he came in. Um, if he played a full season, it would have been hands down him. He almost did enough though to take that award from John Morant. But uh, I don't think so. Lyle, who do you think Coach of the Year is going to be? Coach of the Year is Nick Nurse. Nick uh, Nurse. We agree. I hate when I agree with Lyle. Yeah, no, it's, it's yeah. Nick Nurse. I think he's going to win. Um, I think you have to show some love to Billy Donovan, like I said uh, earlier. Yeah, I agree. But he was able too. to do it with OKC. I, I'm just I'm, – I was baffled. I was baffled. And well, they, they both, I wish they could they make both, it a series, but I don't think they will. They both um, They both lost lost their best players. They both made the playoffs. Toronto a little bit more impressively, but they both did great work. I would have no problem, but I think Nick Nurse is the guy. Speaking of coaches, I wanted to ask you guys this earlier. Do you think there's an issue with Embiid and Simmons as a duel, or do you think uh, management is going to look at the head coaching position and get rid of Brett Brown first before they make any well, type then- of adjustments on that roster? Because I, I personally don't think Brett – Brown's a good coach. I mean, uh, I just don't see it. You have that talent, and you seem to run into the same wall every year. You just named two of the most injury-prone players in the NBA. I mean, it's hard to even get those two on the court. Well, Embiid was—they both were good this this year with injuries. It's honestly, I don't, I don't believe it's Brett Brown's fault. I just think it's it's not a well-built team. That that's that's all. I'm gonna leave it at that. I also think that they were better. They they were a better team last year. Yeah, Butler. Anybody's a better team with Butler. Well, Butler, um, JJ Redick. wasn't JJ Redick on the team last year? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah, they, they lost a couple, they lost a, a couple of good pieces. I, I, they didn't have a chance this year. By the way, did you they guys know that JJ Redick was like a wine guy? I mean, he kind of looks like a wine guy, but yeah, um, he's part of C- that NBA C- wine fad. Yeah, so CJ McCollum was he made his own wine and he was being interviewed and they asked him who's your all wine team, and he's like JJ for sure. And I was like, wait, JJ? And I had to look it up. He was like. Like wineries all across the world, well, now across the world, but like very invested in wine. That was just an interesting fact. Always been a JJ Reddick fan. Six man of the year. Um, I'm gonna be a homer here, and I'm gonna go Dennis Schroeder. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I don't think he wins, but I definitely do. I would be shocked if he didn't finish at least, at least third. I would be shocked if he didn't finish second. I mean, listen, I could say the all-time classic Lou Williams, but is he really a six-man at this point? Honestly, there's a different guy on his team that, that maybe wouldn't. Um, yeah, no, um, the, I think the winners would be Montrezl Harrell, though. Yeah, yeah, that's that's who I'm, I would think as well. I, I think he, he's the guy. Uh, I would just I would, I would agree with Justin. I would say Schroeder as well because he just stepped up defensively and his offense has always been there. He just uh, he plays a role pretty well coming off the bench for OKC. Do you, right. is it is it unfair to 
even crazy thinking this. Is it unfair? Is it unfair to rule out Pascal Siakam for most improved player yet again this year? So I would say no, but I think there is a better choice. Yeah, I, I, I think it's like a rule that he won't be able to, but he did tremendously well, improve. That, yeah, the fact that he was already so good last year, like he technically did improve because he's obviously playing on another level. And now he's on he's a different tier. This year, but yeah, but he's he was really good last year, so. Yeah. We have to dis- so, discount them. Yeah, I mean, my, my most improved, uh, it's a tough choice between two players, but it's got to be Bam out of bio. The man has become a tour de force down yep. low for my second player out of curiosity. Oh, uh, Brandon Ingram, actually. Ah, god damn it. <laughs> oh, that's what, I, yeah, I, honestly, I was thinking about it, and that's that's, that's actually a player I was going to mention, Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Yeah, he just yeah, played I, so much better this year. Yeah, I think it's Bam as well. I think it's Bam as well. And Duncan Robinson, Lyle, as I was trying to allude to earlier, his second year in the league, he um he definitely improved. Now he's a starter. He was, I think, he, one of the well, he was definitely one of the best three point shooters this year. I could have sworn at Red Swan that he broke like some type of record. I'm not sure if it was a Heat record or a league record as as far as like percentage, but I, I'm going with Bam out of bio too. I there's a reason, and everyone was questioning. There was a reason. Well, they got rid of Whiteside, and I, I think we saw that reason this year. He is not as good of a defender, but good enough. But what he gives you offensively and how he spreads the floor and how he's, he's shown he's that. A this, fit. He's, yeah, he's a better fit. Yeah. He's a better fit for today's game. I mean, you could put him on any other team, and he's going to be a better fit that, than what the traditional center does for you. Uh, for think, defensive, uh, Spolcher really helped. <laughs> I agree with you. You know where I'm a Spolcher fan just like you. Defensive player of the year, I'm going to vote with Giannis. Uh, I stress why him winning MVP had a big part to do with his defense, and he's going to do something that hasn't been done since Jordan, and that's win MVP and defensive player of the year at the same year. Oh, interesting. I mean, I agree with you, though. I, I was also going to go Giannis for defensive player just because he can pretty much guard all the positions and – be efficient at it. Yeah, and AD has to be an honorable mention here. Yeah, so uh, so mine, my my one, two, three, is number one. Bam out of bio again for defensive <laughs> player of the year. Then AD, then Giannis, all tight. But I think Bam. I think Giannis. Bam you don't have to say Giannis. I will say it until he comes to correct me on this show. That's an invitation, by the way. <laughs> if you want to come join us on the show. Until he corrects me on the show. Donation to a charity of your choice. I will say it however I darn well read it. Uh, but yeah, I think Bam should get it, but I don't think he has the name recognition for it. But Bam is my defense player of the year. That will do it for this NBA playoff edition of J&J Talk Sports Podcast. Make sure you follow the podcast page on Instagram and Twitter at J&J Talk Sports. And make sure you follow me, one of your three amazing co-host Justin, quote-unquote, Skywalker Palizzi. And you can follow me on Twitter at Palizzi, P-O-L-I-Z-Z-I-21. And, of course, I'm always Lyle Style, L-Y-L-E-S-S-T-Y-L-E on the Twitter at a 512 on the Instagram. For all of your non-LeBron, super-loving, blindly-loving takes. Um, so if you, if you want real analysis and not ESPN-style, I love LeBron analysis, you should follow me. But the other guys are good, too, just to listen to LeBron takes. And lastly, we have uh, Nick. Nick, where can the viewers find you and all your great takes of LeBron nonsense? <laughs> you guys can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Stefanu N. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-O-U-N. And that will conclude our awesome NBA analysis episode. Later.